the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello, and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. For more content on Reese and the movies we're reviewing, follow us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. If you like what you hear, come back every Tuesday for a new episode, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We are so, so excited to be starting season three of Girl Crush. If you listened in season one or two, welcome back. And if you're new with us this season, we're so glad you're here. We'll give you a little bit of background on Girl Crush before we jump into our first movie that we're reviewing. At Girl Crush, we celebrate women in film by choosing an actress and reviewing and ranking every single one of her films. Literally all of them. All of them. It takes a <laughs> long time because that means we have to find and watch all of them. <laughs> and some are not so easy to access, and we usually learn why. Yeah. Anne has bought like a special DVD player and <laughs> a couple eBay DVD purchases. Around the globe. Really kind of going back in time here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So like Anne said, this season is Reese Witherspoon, but if you're interested in our past season, season one was Jennifer Aniston and season two was Sandra Bullock. So amazing lineup. I mean, obviously we chose it, so we love it, but I think anybody would. We're biased, but we think it's great choices. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So here at Girl Crush, we rate on five different categories because we know that we cannot be objective, so we have to give ourselves... Some some guardrails here. Rules. We rate across plot, acting, character, whether we'd watch again, and a bonus category. So the bonus category for season one was hair because Jennifer Aniston's hair is just iconic. Mm. Mm. Season two was Boss Babe because that is Sandy B, just summed up. Killing it. And season three is, drumroll, <laughs> whiskey teacups. I think we might have had one person kind of guess this on Instagram, uh-huh. but maybe maybe it's a surprise. I don't know. So if you don't know, Reese wrote a book called Whiskey in a Teacup, and her grandmother Dorothea always said that a combination of beauty and strength made Southern women whiskey in a teacup. So we may be delicate and ornamental on the outside, she said, but inside we're strong and fiery. So our translation of whiskey teacups for purposes of Girl Crush is essentially how much sass Reese's character has in that movie. Oh, so fun. And you got me the whiskey in a teacup book, and I love it. I did. Had to. Yes. I can't remember if we had picked her bonus category then or not. I think I we bought that like a year ago whenever we yeah, picked her out. Exactly. But I don't think we had picked the category yet. Maybe not. It just worked out. It did. So once we rate on each of those categories, we add up the points to bring us to a total score for that movie, which is how we determine our final ranking. The maximum score a movie can get is 37 points. For most episodes, we'll focus on just one movie, and we'll review all of the scores and reveal the overall ranking for that movie. And we'll also be sure to warn you before we start getting into any spoilers, just in case you haven't seen the movie yet. We are so stinging excited to get into all the Reese's movies with you guys. This is one of the times I wish we had video because Allie and I are like stupidly grinning ear to ear. And we were just talking about the other day how it's amazing that we're still so freaking excited for this podcast. I know. (laughs) You know, like some people get so burned out doing this. We truly just have the best time. So we're really glad that you guys are here. Yeah. When we started for this season, we 
just came into this with this assumption, like had Reese pegged as this like sassy rom-com girl. But we learned after watching every single one of her movies that she has way more variety and depth than we realized, which was like- I had just, no idea. It was super fun. Like we would FaceTime after watching these movies and we're like, what? <laughs> yes. And I, I loved her before, but like, especially after seeing all of them, I love her even more. Yes. it It's just amazing. We especially- fell in love with her performances in the 90s. So Ugh, supreme. It is like such a hidden gem of yes. this beloved woman. So if you notice we're doing a movie you have not seen, haven't heard of, we highly recommend that you still listen to that episode anyway because we just really fell in love with these movies and we were so, so pleasantly surprised by them. So join us for those ones you've never heard of because they're worth it. Totally agree. So for today's episode, we'll be talking about the movie Just Like Heaven. This was released in 2005. Reese plays a woman named Elizabeth Masterson. I actually own this movie on DVD because that's how much I love it. But if you're not like me, you can rent it on Amazon. And fun fact, we watched this movie together live in person when Anne came to visit in uh, December. So I live in Chicago and Anne lives in Denver. We used to both live in Chicago RIP to those times, but generally <laughs> we will just watch a movie at the same time from our separate places. But this was one we got to watch together, which just made it even more fun. Which also means double the rental fees. So that's how committed we are to this. Yeah, time. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so good thing I owned this one. Yes. In this movie, when Dr. Elizabeth Masterson is in a coma following a car accident, the subletter of her apartment tries to figure out why he seems personally connected to her spirit. So here is where we'll tell you if you haven't seen this movie, now is the time to pause the episode and go watch it. Otherwise, there will be spoilers from here on out. Today's episode is sponsored by XO Art and Design. More than ever, now is the perfect time to support small business. If you have a special idea but need a designer's help to make it perfect, then you need to check out XO Art and Design on Instagram or at xoartanddesign.com. That's with the word and spelled out. XO Art and Design is spearheaded by Amanda, who is a Chicago-based artist, calligrapher, and designer, jack of all trades, and a master of all trades, I must add. Mm -hmm. She's amazing, who prides herself on her attention to detail and is so passionate about giving her clients a personalized and stress-free, keyword, design experience. She is a one-stop shop for wedding invitations and calligraphy, logos and branding, personalized gifts, and more. She even offers modern calligraphy workshops in the Chicago area and the surrounding areas, as well as private classes, which are perfect for birthdays and bachelorette parties. This woman-owned small business truly has something for everyone. I've known Amanda for years and years and years and years and have purchased all sorts of items from her. She is so talented. Amazing. And Anne also got me as a gift our vows, my husband and I, and done in calligraphy by Amanda. They're incredible. They hang above our bed. So, so good. Love it. You should check out XO Art and Design on Instagram at XO Art and Design and click the link in her bio to shop all available products, sign up for a class, or contact Amanda directly for a custom piece and more. We will also link her on our website and also on Instagram. What's cool about XO Art and Design is that you don't even have to be local to enjoy all the goodies. Her products can be shipped anywhere in the U.S. Girl Crush podcast listeners get 10% off their first design or calligraphy order if they mention this ad when ordering from Amanda. And if you do order from XO Art and Design, be sure to tag her and us in your photos. We would love to see what Amanda creates for you. Today's episode is also brought to you in part by Wander and Ivy, a certified woman-owned business that sells premium single-serve organic wines. Each beautiful reusable glass bottle is a perfect 6.3-ounce pour. Check them out at wanderandivy.com or on Instagram at wanderandivy. You can use code GIRLCRUSH for 15% off and free shipping. Also have to note, 
Um, when you hear these ads, we're not profiting off of this. We yeah. use these ad, we use any ad revenue to cover our hosting services, our website services. We would love eventually to cover some of our rental fees, but we're not even to that point. So when you use these services, it really does help us mm-hmm. create this this podcast for you guys. So yeah, and we'll always have brands on that we actually love and that we use personally and that we actually recommend. So we're very passionate about the brands that we partner with. Yes. So please check them out. Please tell them that we sent you because it helps us keep this podcast alive. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. I'm so ready. So starting off for the plot of Just Like Heaven, we gave this a rating of an 8.25 out of 10. Strong start to the season. Of course. It has to be. Of course. It has to be. Um, So Elizabeth, played by Reese, is an ER doctor in San Francisco. She's pulling long hours. She's this workaholic but has great bedside manner. Just seems like she kind of like gets the adrenaline kick of working in the ER. She is a single woman and her sister sets her up on a blind date. And her boss tells her he really wants her to stay on after residency as an attending doctor but tells her to go home for now. She's been working too long. have to ask you, would you go on a blind date? Um, I in the past, I, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like I kind of did because my husband Kale and I, we knew mutual people to keep a long story short, and we like started talking on Facebook back in the day before we actually went out, and so it wasn't necessarily a totally blind date, but we didn't actually meet until the date, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would go on a blind date. Would you have? You know, I was thinking about this when I was thinking of the question, and I also feel like Scott and I's first date was kind of a blind date. Like we, yeah, chatted online a few times, and then what? Like went out. You know, you don't actually know right, anything right. about that person. So, yeah. Although you've seen a photo, so I guess it's not technically blind, but it feels pretty blind. sure. Sure. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if like true blind dates could exist anymore, unless right, it really like, is a per- like how how could you know what I mean? Like, there's just too much social media. I I would Google the person. And I would see what they looked like. (laughs) If you ever need a person found on social media, Allie is your certified social media (laughs) FBI agent. She can find anyone. It's kind of scary. Yeah. It's so impressive. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So Elizabeth, she calls her sister while she's on her way to dinner for this blind date. And she tells her she got the attending job. She's really excited. It is pouring rain and a truck hydroplanes and hits her head on. Mm. Horrifying. So scary. Meanwhile, we see David, who's played by Mark Ruffalo. He is looking for a new apartment. And he's not really having good luck when suddenly a flyer for a sublease flies through the air and literally keeps hitting him and, like, sticking to him. So he goes to look at it, and he ends up renting it month to month due to, quote-unquote, some family matter. I do love how in the scene where he's looking for places to live, he, like, judges every place by the couch, which I'm like, they're all furnished. (laughs) Right, yeah, every place is furnished. Do you want a firm couch or something that, like, eats you when you sit down? Oh, I want to sink into the couch for sure. Yes. How about you? Oh, I'm a sinker for sure. Yeah. Although I will say, like, someday when I have a big house, I think, like, my, you know, more formal living room couch could be a little more sturdy, but, like, the basement couch that's, like, a giant sectional, I want it to, like, eat me up, yeah. Yeah, the, the like, firm couches are ones that no one actually sits on. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. So David is really going through something. He's drinking a lot of beers. He's watching what seems to be, like, an old wedding video. Oh, I should note he runs the apartment for the flyer he got. As he's getting another beer, he runs into Elizabeth. 
And they both scream. And she tells him that this is her apartment and this is all of her stuff. And as she goes to get a bucket and make him mop up a mess from where he spilled this beer, she seems to just kind of disappear into thin air. So, you know, (laughs) he's a little freaked out. He adds a new lock to the door. And as he's getting out of the shower, he sees her reflection in the mirror telling him to get out. Which, if this were me, I would would get out. I would leave immediately. Yes, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, bye. Noted. <laughs> he calls a friend and says he's been, quote unquote, seeing someone. And his friend, of course, thinks he, he means he's dating someone, but he clarifies that he's hallucinating. And <laughs> his friend is like, you know, you shouldn't be drinking alone. You should be drinking with friends. And you need to get out because it's been two years, which we're kind of like connecting back to that wedding video. Mm-hmm. Also, this friend seems much more concerned than all of Sandra Bullock's friends in the lake house when she says she's seeing someone who isn't actually there. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We had so many problems with that movie. Yeah. And call, that was one of back them. to the lake house episode in season two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we see a montage of him back at the apartment. He's like kind of peeking around corners, looking for her, you know. <laughs> do, you, do you check behind your shower curtain? Oh, of course. And I'm so happy because our main bathroom in our house does not have, it's like a clear shower door. So oh, that makes me feel instantly safer. Nice. I don't regularly check behind my shower curtain. I realized once I was thinking about this. Oh, really? I, I would if I like come home alone or something and it's very quiet, then I'm like checking behind stuff. But yeah. Now, I'm, okay. now I might because now it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I always check. She shows up at the foot of his bed and she's like, why are you still here? And she says he must be mentally ill and has convinced himself that this is his apartment. And she says she's going to call the police. But when she tries to pick up the phone, her hand kind of like goes right through it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, personally, I've seen this movie a hundred times and I knew this was coming. And I'm still like, <gasps> <laughs> You know, David's freaked out, of course, and he starts calling around asking about the previous tenant and thinks maybe this woman has died. And so he goes to a metaphysical bookstore looking for books on the afterlife. And that's where he meets Daryl, who's played by John Heater, who works at the bookstore and picks out ghost books for him. And at home, he starts trying to summon her spirit by following these instructions in the book, but it really doesn't work. So suddenly, he starts yelling he's going to put a hot mug on the coffee table without a coaster, and that's what gets her to appear. Real <laughs> real Monica Geller moment. Yes. <laughs> he introduces himself to her and goes to shake her hand, but she won't shake his hand. And he tries to get her to admit that things have been weird for her and suggests gently that she may be dead. He tells her to look around for a bright light and walk into it, really, like <laughs> trying to get her to pass over, I guess. And she refuses to accept the fact and just starts annoying him to try to make him leave. And at this point, he like starts showering with his boxers on because she just shows up at inopportune times. So right. I just he's, thought that was hilarious. <laughs> she's just everywhere. Yeah. So David really takes things to the next level. He is a priest doing exorcism. He is a group come do sage burnings. He hires some DIY ghost catchers. <laughs> and then finally, as a last resort, he brings Daryl from the bookshop over. And no one can see her, but Daryl from the bookstore comes over and just sits on the couch. And he's like, the spirit is hostile, man, and really wants you gone. (laughs) Yes. The invitation was good. He just, he just, his advice to David is for David to move. And 
He tells him that this is one of the most alive spirits he's ever felt and that he doesn't think she's actually dead. He also tells David he has a dark aura and needs to let go of the girl he keeps in his heart. So Elizabeth thinks this is hilarious and she starts giving him a hard time about it, about being dumped, until we hear Daryl reveal that David wasn't dumped, but his wife died. And Elizabeth feels really bad. She apologizes and finds out that his wife, Laura, has passed away. Fun fact, they named her Laura because Reese's first name is actually Laura. That is a fun fact. Yeah. I have to ask you, do you have any paranormal ghost experiences? <laughs> um, thankfully, I think no, unless I'm totally blacking out a traumatic experience. <laughs> what about you? No, I don't either. That's a good question, though, to ask on our Insta. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, if you you guys who are new to us, too, we do a lot of fun stuff on our Instagram. We'll post, like, polls about the movies that we've been doing or fun facts, random things. So um, we like to get a sense of what all of our Instagram followers think or their experiences as well. So make sure you follow us there at girlcrush underscore pod. Nice plug, Allie. <laughs> Elizabeth follows David to a bar, and she tries to convince him to not drink. It's not going to make him feel better. You know, she's really putting her doctor hat on here. Mm -hmm. And he sees his friend who asks how his hallucinations are going. As he's going to, like, pick up his drink, she possesses him to get him. She literally jumps into him (laughs) to get him to put the drink down and leads him out of the bar. And his friend obviously thinks he's going insane. Right, because he's, like, wrestling himself. While walking out of the bar, just like erratically. (laughs) Yes. If I were a better prepared podcast host, I would have looked up if there were any interviews about Mark Ruffalo talking about Uh, this experience. Yeah. Because I think that would be hilarious to act and also to watch. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Elizabeth's upset that she's really stuck in this limbo and she asks for David's help in figuring out who she is and what happened to her because she does not remember. They go around to her neighbors to ask about Elizabeth, but no one remembers her because she, they call her antisocial. They say she was a workaholic. Mm -hmm. They do find an address and a dry cleaner's receipt at her house, so they go to explore, but they also have no luck there. So they're kind of going to a restaurant to regroup, and suddenly someone collapses, and immediately Elizabeth, just without thinking, starts giving David instructions on what to do. She's like, there's air escaping from his lungs into his body. So she's directing him to make an incision so he can breathe again, essentially like, into his trachea. Mm-hmm. This scene is hysterical because David is talking to her, but obviously no one else can see her. <laughs> yeah. And he is so nervous, and everyone is also kind of nervous around him because right. yeah, he looks crazy. Yes. It's so funny. Also, I like dream of these scenes like that happen in a lot of movies where someone saves someone by making an incision mm-hmm. in them and like saves them on the spot there. And I'm like, that would be so cool to do. And then I just remember that I have literally no medical training and in fact fear of medical things. So I could <laughs> never be that person. You would call 911. You can be that person. Well, probably. And then I'd pass out immediately. <laughs> Through this experience, Elizabeth realizes that she was a doctor, and she remembers working at the hospital down the street. Oh, it's funny, too. Like, he, he's, like, repeating what she says because she's, like, directing, like, I need a knife or, you, you know, whatever. And he's repeating it. And so suddenly when she realizes it, she's like, I'm a doctor. And he yells, like, in the middle of all of this really randomly, like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> and everybody is like, well, yeah, I figured. I hope so. <laughs> 
And a fun little cameo here is Willie Garrison, who is Stanford from Sex and the City, who just passed away recently, is in the mm. scene, which is just, you know, love seeing him. Oh. David takes Elizabeth to the hospital, and when they're there, Elizabeth suddenly recognizes where she is, everyone around her, people's names. And when he asks the receptionist about her, he is sent to the third floor. He lies and says he's her boyfriend, which her coworkers absolutely don't believe because she right. was such a she was such a workaholic. They never heard of him. But they learn about the accident, which was about three months ago at this point. So it starts like slowly coming back to her, and she feels her heartbeat and follows it to a room where she's in a coma. And David comes in. He's like, hey, you look good. You're really pretty. It's so cute. It's like, can anybody but Mark Ruffalo pull off a line like that? Right. Where like, like, he says it so innocently. Sounds sincere. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, actually surprised. It's so cute. He's like, oh, you look good in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> coma looks good on you. Right. She tries to repossess her, her own body like like she did with David, but she says she's not sticking or connected enough to the body. So David has her turn around and then picks up her real body's hand, and her spirit feels her hand tingling where he's touching her. Oh, this scene is so crazy because we learned that Reese is acting as her spirit, like the one we hear and see moving, and she has a body double who's the one in the bed, and they look so much alike. It's crazy. They really do look so similar. Yeah. Like a lot of body doubles just have, you know, a similar build or like from really far away, they might look similar, but these Mm -hmm. two like actually look alike. Their faces look alike. And there's close up shots of Risa's, what you think is Elizabeth's body in the bed and it's her body double and you would never know. No. I wonder now if she had a body double, if they would potentially use her daughter, Ava, because they look so similar. <gasps> yes. Oh, they absolutely could. Or like that in a flashback, crazy. they should really employ that. Yeah, they totally should. I wonder if she has ever done any acting. I feel like she has, but I might be making that up. Well, as you'll learn here on Girl Crush Podcast, we don't claim to be experts, but we will Google <laughs> things. So I will Google that for the next, for, for some other time when that comes up. <laughs> By the end of the season, we've learned a lot. Yes, it's true. Along with you. Yeah. Elizabeth obviously wants to stay with her body, and David asks if she wants to come back with him, but she's like, no. So they say goodbye, and she stays at the hospital and kind of more objectively views her coworkers and the lifestyle at the hospital, including the guy who she had originally been promoted over, but it seems like now he has her job. Mm -hmm. But he is more interested in the money and status that comes with it than actually helping people, which she was, like, super passionate about. Right. Her sister comes to the hospital along with her niece and nephew, and she realizes that she can't feel when they touch her body. She can only feel David. So there's this, like, unique connection between them. Mm -hmm. And the doctor she was promoted over approaches her sister and says, They've already taken extraordinary measures to keep her alive, and that Elizabeth had actually signed something saying she didn't want extraordinary measures taken to prolong her life. And he's like, we won't take terminal action without your approval, but something to think about. And her sister seems obviously distressed by that, kind of against it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, David is back at his apartment. He seems 
kind of lonely. He starts to open a bag of chips, but he decides to make himself some eggs and frozen broccoli instead. Hashtag bachelor pad. <laughs> and he also makes sure to put a coaster under his water glass. It's like he's respecting Elizabeth's mm. spirit and what she really wanted him to do in the first place. Right. So this neighbor that they talked to when asking around about Elizabeth, who had been hitting on David at the time, who side note Elizabeth hates, <laughs> knocks on his door and says she's locked out. She is wearing... The lowest rise jeans I've ever seen (laughs) with a chain thong showing underneath and just starts slowly (laughs) undressing in his apartment. I mean, she's got gumption for sure. Oh, yeah. We got to give her that. Side note, are low rise jeans coming back? Oh, I hope not. You know, I don't love a high. I don't like a real high rise, but I'm a mid rise lover for sure. I'm I'm a mid rise girl, and I like high rise on some occasions. The low, but like rise, a though, solid mid rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like just below the belly button. Yes, yes. Low rise though. Mm-mm. How does how does the butt crack not just come out all the time? Looking back at low rise jeans, it, there's like three inches between the crotch and the button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like what? It's so weird. And yeah, no, I sure hope they are not coming back. <laughs> Me too. Please, Gen Z, In one if you're year, listening, we're going to be like, please. I love low-rise jeans. <laughs> I assure you, I will not be saying that. You can put that on the record, Kale. I, I hated skinny jeans when they first came out. And now I love skinny jeans. I'm a sucker for whatever they tell me is trendy. <laughs> but it takes me a while to get on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I... And I know you're like this, too. Have had the same clothes in my closet since college. Ten years ago. Oh, for sure. I actually do have some of my old jeans that are in a box in my closet. Like, I don't wear them still, but they're like old flared jeans. Mm, They're coming back. I know. I might be able to break them out again if they fit. Was it flared jeans that you didn't have in middle school that you lied and said they were in the wash? (laughs) (laughs) All the girls were talking about their flare jeans, and I still had straight ones. I was a nerd. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, my, my flare jeans are in the wash, so I had to wear these today. <laughs> oh, that's why she can't get rid of her flare jeans now. She's hoarding yes. them. So true. <laughs> She's like, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be without. <laughs> Anyway, she starts slowly undressing. She asks where the bathroom is when suddenly Elizabeth comes back because she wanted to talk to David about what she overheard about them potentially taking her off life support. Right. Meanwhile, this girl has balls. She's just naked on David's bed. (laughs) The guts that would take. They've met once for maybe 30 seconds. Yes. Have to add. And Elizabeth is kind of like giving him a hard time about, oh, you're wondering what she looks like, aren't you? And he's like, no, because he actually, like, didn't want her there, to be right, fair. Right. And he, he seems kind of nervous when Elizabeth shows up, like, I didn't, I don't want this. Yeah, like, I didn't invite her in. Yeah. Yeah. And she kind of presses him, and he's like, not enough to go look. So <laughs> Elizabeth's like, I'm going to do some recon. And she goes into the room instead. And he talks to Elizabeth, who is kind of, like, out loud. Yeah, out loud in the hallway. He's talking to her. And she's kind of resigned to the fact that he's going to sleep with the other girl. And meanwhile, the other girl, whose name is Katrina, she really doesn't seem to mind that David's kind of insane, talking to himself in the hallway. She's she's kind of rolling with it. But he finally kind of sends her away. Yeah. Clearly a connection between David and Elizabeth here at this point. You're kind of wondering throughout the film, obviously, you know, there's going to be some sort of romantic tension between them. But here is where we really see it. 
I love sweet little Mark Ruffalo just holding his face like, oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. Why is this rando in my apartment and this ghost I have a crush on just showed up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why is Mark Ruffalo so pure? Is he actually or does he just play pure so well? I feel like at his heart he must be because even when he's Bruce Banner and Hulk in the MCU, I'm like, nah, he's so sweet. Yeah. And sometimes he like post on Instagram. I don't know. It's just, he's just seems like a sweet human. He does. Mark. (laughs) David opens up. He tells Elizabeth the story of how his wife, Laura, passed away. It's obviously very sad. Elizabeth asks what she was like, and he starts telling her about Laura. It's just like this very sweet moment, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. But they kind of like end up flirting a bit. And he brings her to an estate where he was a landscape architect, because that's what he does for a living. And she insists that she has dreamed of this place before. She feels like she's been here before. And she makes him promise to create it again. I just got goosebumps, but just on my right leg. I don't know why. (laughs) They touch hands. They're just close enough. It looks like they're almost touching, but obviously they're not actually because she's not real. His realtor calls and says he can have a longer lease now because the family's going to pull the plug on the tenant. So he freaks out. Also, like, realtor, why are you giving that information? But okay. Right. (laughs) David decides he needs to go talk to Elizabeth's sister. And while they're there, he's, like, trying to convince the sister that Elizabeth is alive. And so Mm -hmm. Elizabeth is kind of whispering in his ear some dirt on her sister, like, I know you kissed your ex-boyfriend, JJ, five minutes before mm. your wedding. Yes. Which nobody but Elizabeth would know. The sister is like, why, why are you here? Who are you to her? And he doesn't want to freak her kids out who are in the room, so he says he can't tell her the whole story, but he makes up a story about how Elizabeth was his doctor and really believed in him when no one else would. And Abby's like, it's sweet for you to advocate for her, but it's too late. I already signed the papers, and they're terminating life support tomorrow. And she... Seems to kind of be struggling with this, but says she's going to respect Elizabeth's wishes about taking her off life support based on what she had signed Mm. before. Even though Elizabeth now to David is like, I didn't mean that. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So desperate, David tries to tell her sister that Elizabeth is standing there and he wants to translate as a medium for her. Abby obviously thinks he's crazy, her sister, and grabs a butcher knife. She's chasing after him with a knife (laughs) as he says he knows about her wedding day. And after he leaves, Her niece asks Abby, the mom, if Aunt Lizzie is staying for tea because Mm. the niece apparently kind of saw her. Mm -hmm. And the aunt is like, huh? (laughs) Creepy. Do you hear those stories? Oh, yes. We're going to say the same thing. Like those Reddit threads of like the terrifyingly creepy things that kids do. Yeah. When they're just like like, they'll talk about people that they met and it was people generations before them that they would never have, like they weren't alive at the same time as. Okay. So I don't know if this is that or not. I'm guessing it's probably not. But when I was little, my imaginary friend's name was Shirley. And my grandmother, who passed away when I was about four, was named Shirley. (gasps) Yeah. And I don't know if I got that name because I had heard it, you know, about her or, you know, from my mom or something, but she was like my imaginary friend who had this curly hair like my grandma had when she was little. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if I just picked up on that because I'd seen like a photo or something, but I was, I was very young when I imagined this. She was my imaginary friend. 
That's so crazy and so sweet. I mean, even if it was just you like taking what you heard about her and making her your imaginary friend, that's like the sweetest thing ever. I feel like my mom might cry when she hears this. I don't know if she remembers that. (laughs) That's so cute. But kids do say creepy, (laughs) really creepy things about rando spirits or whatever that they see in the room. Yes. Yes. So terrifying. We'll have to post some of our favorites from like those threads. Yes. Okay. David thinks that their last-ditch effort is to go see Daryl from the bookstore. And Daryl can kind of tell that their vibe has changed. They've become friends. He even says that Elizabeth has feelings for David now. And David just begs him, how can they get her spirit back to her body? And Daryl's like, that's the wrong question, man. And David's like, why am I the only one who can see her? And Daryl's like, that's the right question. So... Elizabeth sees that David took this photo of her from the hospital that was, like, sitting by her bed. He wasn't sure if he'd ever see her again and wanted to have one of her, which really affects her and moves her. And she reflects on how much she's worked in her life and, like, what was that even for if, you know, at the end of the day, her sister's terminating support, she really has no friends Mm -hmm. except for David. She says she doesn't want to fight her fate or spend her last day crying. She really wants to just do something fun with David. So he says he'll do anything, offers to take her to Paris, Bali, literally anywhere in the world. But they just end up laying in bed staring at each other. And she says she thinks if he could ever really touch her, she thinks she might wake up. And they try to touch hands again. And they can both like almost feel it, but not -hmm. not enough. The next morning, David says he was the one who was dead and she brought him back to life. And so now it's his Uh, turn. So. His plan is to steal her body from the hospital. (laughs) And of course she agrees to help him, says they'll need a van and someone with no morals. So he enlists the help of his friend who had been worried about his hallucinations. And side note, Elizabeth's like, I think I recognize him. Mm -hmm. So David tells his friend that his imaginary friend is not actually imaginary and explains the situation. His friend does rock, paper, scissors behind his back, kind of like as a joke or test, and Elizabeth tells David what he's doing. So he kind of believes him, and his friend's like, why are we doing this? And David says it's because he loves her, and his friend agrees to help him. So they get to her room, and Jack, his friend, recognizes Elizabeth, and it turns out that Jack is actually JJ, the one who kissed Amy on her wedding day, and he's the one who set up David for a blind date with Elizabeth in the first place. Yes, I love this part. So that night, what had happened was David had actually not shown up for the date because I think he was nervous and just, like, didn't feel like he was ready because of his wife. And she obviously never made it because of her accident. So, like, Mm -hmm. her sister had never actually seen David, and David had never seen her sister. And Right, right. Like, these paths had actually The connection was never made. Right. Right. Missed connections. Is that still a thing? Yeah. On Craigslist? (laughs) I have no idea. David. David punches a doctor who walks in in the face in his panic because they're, like, trying to get her out of there. They wheel Elizabeth out. They go racing through the building trying to escape. And during the race, she's accidentally extubated. So, like, her breathing tube is pulled out. And uh, obviously they panic because this is a big boo-boo. And Elizabeth's spirit starts slowly fading away as she starts to flatline without Mm. life support. And David leans down. He kisses Elizabeth. And he's suddenly tackled by hospital security. <laughs> Which, honestly, this must be the most exciting day of those guys' life. Yeah, seriously. All of a sudden, of course, her heart it starts beating and everyone yes. is stunned. She wakes up. <gasps> and as David leans over her body, she unfortunately doesn't seem to remember him. And she pulls her hand away from him. Ugh. And in this moment, you're like heartbroken for David. Sweet Mark Ruffalo. 
Oh, his face is just, he has like <gasps> sad puppy eyes down. Yes, he really does. Oh. Every movie that disappoints Mark Ruffalo, I'm like, I think I hate it. I don't know. Yes. It's like scorned. Oh, scorned isn't even the right word. He's just like heartbroken. Like in Rumor Has It. Mm. Another heartbroken Mark Ruffalo. Ugh. He just kind of walks away. He's very upset. Cute colors by Amos Lee playing in a montage of David alone and Elizabeth spending time <laughs> with her sister's family, but still clearly feeling like something's missing. Also in the montage, Daryl from the bookshop sees Elizabeth, immediately recognizes her despite never seeing her, which is kind of fun. I love it. She moves back into her place. David's moved out. And she, like, feels like something's missing, though her sister insists that everything is there. She notices a water ring on the coffee table, and she walks up to her rooftop deck and sees that it has been turned into this beautiful garden, which was her dream. (laughs) Sweet, sweet David is up there and tells her he got in with a spare key. Yes. And I have to say, I'm glad they filled this plot hole. I'm glad he's actually a landscape architect, has that background. Yes. Not just like an accountant who went to Home Depot and somehow pulled this off. Yes. How how many times do you think they had to like rewrite what his job was in order to get to this perfect like ending? Like they're like, okay, we want we need like something that he does for her after the fact. And they're like, landscape architect, done. <laughs> perfect. He says he doesn't want to scare her and, you know, he's just there to do this project. And he says, goodbye, Lizzie. And she asks for the key back and asks, she's like, how do I know you? And he says, maybe from your dreams. (laughs) I actually got chills and I know that's embarrassing. (laughs) And their hands touch and there's like this flashing and her pupils dilate and there's this full flashback of all her coma memories. And she says, it wasn't a dream. And they kiss, and we were like, so here for it. And Allie clapped at the end of this movie. <laughs> That's it's sad. such a fun, feel-good rom-com. It really is. It's so cute. It's so cute. It is. Ugh. I just, I love this movie. Yeah, I feel like this is such a good mix of humor. There is a lot of humor with, like, the ghost incidents People thinking that David is absolutely crazy. Yes. But then there's these serious bits where they're having, you know, deep conversations about his late wife. And there's this romance. And this is a movie I had not seen in a long time. I think I saw this in theaters when it first came out. But it's underrated, in my opinion. I completely agree. I've, I love this movie. Obviously, I own it. So, of course, I love it. But... I just think it's such a fun rom-com. You're right. It's like the perfect blend of serious and funny and romantic. And I just, I love the silliness of it. It's like the perfect amount of silly. It's not trying too hard. You don't get caught up in like the the moments of the plot that are not that believable because it's just feel good enough for you to watch it, you know? I feel like so many rom-coms are all rom, no com. And yeah, Mm. this one just really strikes that balance. It's great. Yeah, it really does. And it just gets you in your feels. Like, you were retelling the plot right there, and I got into it all over again. You're just, like, rooting for these characters the whole time. Yeah, and obviously it's silly. There's, you know, this woman in a coma stalking this guy in the apartment. But the unbelievable parts are simple enough that you just don't care that it's not realistic. Like, this is very simple. They were meant to meet. They were meant to be together. And I love it. It's, It's not like, again, drawing some callbacks to the lake house which we had so many complaints against. There's no stupid mailbox. There's no like other distracting magical things happening that make us wonder how scientifically it could work. 
There's just like right. this one mystical plot point that rides yeah. the, the movie. It's great. Exactly. And there, of course, there's some plot holes. Like, for instance, like how can she fall out of a window of the apartment, but she doesn't fall through the floor and she can like lay on the bed and ride in a car, but she can't touch other, like she can't touch something. So there's, if you're looking for it, there's obviously plot holes in a movie like this because yeah, it's not real and they don't try to explain it, but you don't really, you don't really find yourself thinking about those things because you're just, you know, engaged in the actual plot and their interactions. I think they do now that I'm thinking about it though, show David like actually opening the doors for her because she like can't open doors. She can't, yes. Yeah. So that's true. You know, that's nice. Yeah. Love the banter between Reese and Mark in this movie. The comedy Mm. when they show shots of Mark interacting with her when no one else can see her. Yes. Hysterical. Like, just genuinely, like, good-hearted humor. And super fun. Mark wore an earpiece with Reese speaking into his ear so he could actually react appropriately. Ooh, I didn't know that. And talk to her when they were filming shots without her in them, which is kind of fun. I love that. I love that. Also, this won a Teen Choice Award for Favorite Chick Flick. (laughs) And fun fact, randomly there was a rumor that John Heater was dead after filming Napoleon Dynamite. And this movie (laughs) put that rumor to rest because he was in this movie, obviously, which is kind of weird and random. (laughs) It's just such a fun movie. You're just, you want the cheesy ending. By the time you get to the end, you're like, yeah, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I got chills. Allie's clapping. It's a great day. (laughs) This is the movie you put on when you're ordering takeout and it's raining outside and you don't want to think about anything. Mm. You're not trying to turn your brain on. You're just like, I want to zone out and just get in my fun feels, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So for character, we rate this out of 10 points. We gave Reese's character, Elizabeth, an 8 out of 10. So very strong character. At the beginning, you immediately learn a lot about how committed to her job she is, how much she cares about her patients, like her really good bedside manner. And then you, like, learn throughout the movie. She's, like, she has a lot of, like, really strong personality traits, which I really like. Like, she's very well-defined. Like, I love how stubborn she is. But then, like, you see her soften and grow throughout the movie, which I really enjoy. Like, she was quick to apologize to David when she realized that his wife actually died. Mm -hmm. She really wanted to help him kind of better his life when he was you know, drinking too much and and not really going after things or taking care of his things or her place and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I like how you call out her stubbornness. I feel like sometimes that can be a negative character trait, but I feel like for this character, it's really, it's kind of positive. And yeah, it also kind of lends to the comedic factor for this movie, but in a nice way. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Agreed. And, you know, we really look for like that character arc in a movie. So here... I think we see really good growth from Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. At the end, she's really reflecting and realizing that she has been living a very unbalanced life and that even though she does have a very important job, she's doing amazing things. She also deserves to have love and have a family. And I like that they gave her some arc and it wasn't just about her trying to survive, which is yes, obviously also a fine storyline, but (laughs) it's nice that we get to kind of see her rounded out at the end. Yep, totally agree. Love it. So for Reese's acting in this movie, we also rate this out of 10 points. We gave her a 7.5 out of 10. She won a People's Choice Award for this movie. And again, her chemistry with Mark Ruffalo is so convincing and cute. It is. And okay, we've seen Mark Ruffalo in a movie with Jen. Rumor has it. I think Reese and Mark have a better chemistry in this movie. 
I think so too. They they just seem to be like on the same vibe yes, level. And they to play me. off of each other so well. They do. They really do. And it feels like this is a character right up Reese's alley mm-hmm. from you know our previous assumptions about being this yes. rom com queen. Yes, which she is for the record, but. I think she did a really good job acting this in a way that didn't make me feel like I was just watching Reese. Because sometimes I feel like when you're watching an actor or actress who's just like really you feel typecast into a role, it's like, man, this is way too easy for them. I'm just watching that actor right, read right. lines. Which that's not what this felt like. It feels like yeah. she's given it her all. I love it. And for a movie that is so cheesy and, you know, somewhat predictable, I feel like she still brings a lot to the role. And in those serious moments, I think she does a convincing job. Like some of the, sometimes serious parts in a rom-com just feel like overdone or they're trying too hard. And this felt genuine. Mm-hmm. We are big judgers on real tears. <laughs> so <laughs> we always know when there's real tears and we did know, you know, when she's like reflecting on her life and saying she never realized there wouldn't be a later, you know, for all the things that you really put off in life. We noted that she's actually crying there. And I also feel like that's a really good, like, connection point with your audience, too. Mm -hmm. Totally. I thought one of my favorite parts of her acting in this was when she wakes up for real in the hospital after David kisses her. And she clearly does not realize who David is. And she looks so confused. I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. Also, have to note. The mid-2000s flippy hair vibes. Oh, yes. So on point. <laughs> so on point. Yes, it's amazing. It really is. <laughs> also, if you are new to our podcast, on Sundays, following mm-hmm. our movies, we tend to usually do something called Sunday Style Spotlight, where one of us attempts to recreate a hairstyle and look from a movie. <laughs> So we're always on the lookout for a unique hair choice from a film because that gives us something very challenging to try to recreate. I think we've gotten better over time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard, especially depending on, like, your haircut at the time, like, how long or short it is, like, whether I have layers or not. (laughs) Yeah. Allie's the queen of making a pretend bob. I cannot do it. She is so good at it. Thank you. But you are the queen at updos. Oh, thank you. So good. I feel like I have I have grown that skull because of this yes. pod. Like you got you did it for this pod and that now like you've gone to weddings and given yourself updos and it's like the most impressive thing ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, we're all about growth here on GCP. <laughs> Your character arc really strong right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest thing you ever could have said to me. <laughs> and we've been best friends for 11 years. Yes. <laughs> I think this year is our 12-year best friend anniversary. <laughs> I was thinking it was 11, but you're right. It's 12. We met in 2010. <gasps> That's crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so fun. Okay. I'm good on acting. <laughs> okay. So for our bonus category this season, as we mentioned before, our bonus category is whiskey teacups, also known as SAS. So for this category, we rate it out of two points. So it's an opportunity for a nice little bump in the score. So for Reese's character, Elizabeth, in Just Like Heaven, we rated it a two out of two whiskey teacups. She's a sassy ghost. She is so sassy. I love it. She's like, (laughs) 
she, I, throughout the whole movie, there's like too many to name. At one point, she's like, oh, I get it. You were dumped, probably for some guy who doesn't have a couch fused to his butt. At one point when she's just trying to annoy him to get out of the apartment, she's like <laughs> sprawled out on the coffee table and she's singing, the sun will come out tomorrow yeah. <laughs> from Annie. Yes. Which honestly is the most annoying soundtrack that you could sing to someone, I think. That's true. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's got to be up there with them. Yeah, that's up there. For sure. But she has so many funny lines, like, throughout the whole movie of her just being super sassy. She tells David at one point, she's like, opium addicts are more alert than you, David. And when they meet Katrina, the downstairs neighbor, and Katrina's, like, flirting with David, Elizabeth is so sassy to him in the background. Yeah, And it's it's making it, it's like, he's already uncomfortable, and then he's, like, more uncomfortable because of her. It's so great. We just, we, we're here for this full two cups of whiskey. Yes. This is, like, I feel like this is the exact movie we were thinking of or type of role we were thinking of when we came up with our bonus category of Mm -hmm. whiskey teacups. Yes, absolutely. Filled to the brim. (laughs) Overflowing. Double shot of whiskey. (laughs) Your whiskey cup overfloweth. (laughs) And for Would You Watch Again score, this is out of five points. We typically give this a one or a five. So one, if we're both not wanting to watch it again, a five, if we're in agreement that we definitely would watch it again. And we'll sometimes land at a three if we're kind of in the middle or we're split. If one of us says yes and one of us says no. For Just Like Heaven, we both gave this a five out of five. Allie, Allie obviously owns it. And I truly forgot how much I love this movie. So this was a really fun movie to revisit. And yeah, like we said, rainy day takeout movie for sure. I want to go rewatch it again right now. I know. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) So to review for Just Like Heaven, we gave the plot an 8.25 out of 10, Reese's character an 8 out of 10, Reese's acting a 7.5 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of 2 out of 2, and a would you watch again score of 5 out of 5 for total score of 30.75 out of 37 points, which means Just Like Heaven is ranked number 7 out of 41 movies. So we're coming out of the gates strong with a movie in the top 10. Yes. And we care so much about our rankings. We care so much about the top 10. We are very confident in the scores that we've given. So we are super excited that this came up as number seven. And this season, we made ourselves be more decisive to the point where there are no ties for season three. We went through, we made some tough decisions. We reviewed this list for literally hours. Yes. And we are very confident in our rankings. So yes. There is a reason we get down to like the 0.25 points. We give quarter points because we have to. Yes. We're here to make hard choices. Yes. Uh, Can't (laughs) wait to reveal the rest of the movies to all of you. (laughs) So excited. Thanks for listening to our season three premiere of Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod, or you can find us on our website, girlcrushpodcast.com, or email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about American Psycho. Bye. Bye.